time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Today's a special day, Jeannie. Is it? Oh my God, was that an accent? <laughs> Please don't you do know, that. We, we talked to our guest for a while, it rubbed off a little bit. <laughs> it rubbed off. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we have my buddy and yours, Claire Muscat, here on the podcast. And what I like about Claire is she's got a really cool story about how she got into CX. And like a lot of us, you know, a lot of us have sort of fallen into it. I came from an <laughs> entrepreneurial background, uh, but I, I really love the path that she's taken to get into customer experience work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great story. And I think a lot of us can relate to it, right? Because very few of us went to kindergarten saying, I want to be a CX professional. <laughs> That's That wasn't available to us. Um, <laughs> sure. So, yeah. So I think it's great to hear kind of the different paths that people have and the different ways that we all get dedicated to this profession. So Claire well, yeah. has a great story. And, well, yeah, and the funny thing is like coming from hospitality or food service or retail, you know, you think about it, you're like, most of us have had some form of one of those jobs at some mm-hmm. point. And then there's just the weird ones, like the three of us that go, oh, I want more of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And probably a lot of our listeners, too, are saying, yeah, that's, oh, that's me, true. too. We're all weird together. <laughs> keep, you know what I have? Keep Austin weird. Keep crack the customer code weird, Jeannie. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, let let me introduce our Uh, audience to Claire. So recognized as one of the most prominent and valued millennial voices in CX, Claire Muscat is an international consultant, keynote speaker, and soon to be author of the book, How to Be Awesome at CX. She held a number of CX leadership roles in FTSE 100 organizations and later founded her own customer experience design-based consultancy firm, CM Experience. She is a leader of the women in the CX community and host of the podcast, Inspiring Women in CX. She has also been recognized as the 2020 UK Top Female Influencer by CX Magazine and has received numerous awards for her impressive commercial results. Hello, Claire. It's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, JD. <laughs> hey, Adam. Hey, Hey, Claire. So great to have you. Uh, You know, you are a fellow CX professional. Uh, You just have a much cooler accent than we do. (laughs) And I want to know, I already know a little bit about your story, but I I want our listeners to hear, how did you actually get into customer experience and CX? Okay. So I have to begin by saying kind of by accident, as I'm sure a few people also had a similar experience. So my dream when I was a kid was that I was going to be a show jumper. I was going to ride horses. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I went to uni to study horses, did a degree of equine studies and business management. And while I was at uni, I had to get a job. And like, first of all, actually, from being 15, I'd worked in service roles. So like waitressing, barmaid, pretty much every job under the sun that had hospitality in it. Um, and I loved it. And I loved customers. I loved customer service. But I just never considered this would ever be a potential career for me. And then when I uh, was in my final year of uni, I had a really bad riding accident that meant that I wasn't going to be able to ride anymore, or at least for the next couple of years um, because of a back injury. And also at the same time, my parents split up, which meant I had to get a pretty much a full-time job and decide what I was going to do next. So I ended up deciding to study a master's and had to pay my way through it. So um, at that time in my life, I ended up working full time 
as an assistant manager of a hotel and restaurant and studying a master's in marketing at a really great university. And basically, my career in CX began there when I discovered um, consumer behavior, which was a module on my marketing degree. And I was absolutely fascinated by it. And as I was working in the hotel and restaurant, I started to apply some of the things that I was learning (laughs) um, to the service I was providing. Yeah. And I, I figured like you could really change the outcome of the behavior of your customer by applying some of these 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 things that I was learning. So by I'm the just time- happy that I'm just happy that somebody somewhere actually used their degree for something. So this is very <laughs> exciting. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, the three years of studying horses didn't go anywhere. But um, the second chance went well. Um, yeah, and then because I was doing you know so well in management, when the graduate schemes came around, I got offered a graduate scheme in operations with the company I was already working for full-time. So at the age of 23, I had my first general management responsibility for a whole host, a whole sorry, restaurant and hotel. So imagine that, like emerging from university, having 80 people reporting to you. But <laughs> wow. I guess, I know it's crazy, but what I learned um, through being on the front line of customer service and in customer service leadership, I guess, because not that it was really called customer experience back then, was I had this real reality about how not only the kind of theories work from uni but actually how to apply them and how to lead people towards these better outcomes so imagine like my the management team on the area all these like older guys <laughs> running pubs and little 23 year old female manager me coming out with all these amazing results <laughs> through <laughs> not focusing on the stuff that they were focusing on which was profit and control I was focusing on people and service um and yeah so as soon as I got my first opportunity in a head office job which is actually an analyzing data from customer information like um satisfaction scores and mystery shopping complaints that kind of thing I was able to make these recommendations to the executive team that people that worked in insights typically didn't so not just saying here's what the numbers are telling us it was here's what the numbers are telling us and here's the actions we need to take to make it better so again kind of I wasn't talking about the word customer experience. I was working in the marketing department. I was an insight manager. And I had this big dream of, well, if you could work with a proposition team and start to think about what we were offering, if we could really align that to what customers need and we could get this operational bit right consistently, you know, delivering awesome experiences with really engaged people and then had measures that reflected what the customers wanted. What could that world be like? <laughs> so now- so you've taken all that and now you're involved in helping companies create that world, right? Well, yeah, well, I was going to, that's what I was trying to say, really. Like this, the company I worked for at the time didn't believe my dream and I got an opportunity to go and work for a company that did. And from then on in, basically started experimenting with this model of CX design, not that I really knew that that was what, what it was. And every time I did a program, it was like 15% return on investment every time. And in hospitality and retail, you know, even if you made a massive refurbishment, you wouldn't be getting those kinds of numbers. So it was limited investment, mainly in people, listening to customers, listening to employees and taking serious action, approved it worked. And yeah. So can you give us an example of one of those programs that you implemented that saw that kind of return? (laughs) Yeah. So it began with uh, what was called Project Phoenix was the first one that I I ever did. And it was literally about taking a customer experience of rising from the ashes and creating (laughs) something incredible. Um, so yeah, so I guess this was like the, the the fundamental beginnings of this CX design program that I now deliver to my clients today, which was like this discovery period, 
listening to customers and employees and really understanding where things weren't working, um, what customers wanted that was different than what we were doing, using tools like journey mapping for customer and employee experience to identify the pain points and the opportunities. And once we were really clear about that, we would spend the majority of the money actually engaging the workforce in what needed to be done differently. And we did a lot of that by making their jobs easier in order to enable them to serve customers. So, um, yeah, I think it was kind of at that time really about improving, continuous improvement, I guess you'd say, but very much a balance between employee and customer experience. But what it led into when I worked in my five years in retail, which is obviously lots of channels, lots of services, I'm talking like 32 million customers going through the doors every single week. When you start to apply the same logic, the same methodology, but also include digital user experience, um, proposition, marketing, that you can create a, a huge step change that turns into numbers like four million pounds ret- return on investment because mm-hmm. the business is so big. So um, the fundamental principles have never changed, I guess, as the c- customer experience has evolved, it's just become more complex. And therefore, my methodology has had to become more cl- complex to be able to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. which probably leads us into our next section. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've been looking kind of to the past. Now yeah. let's look to the future. So where where do you think customer experience in general is heading? What are, what are you seeing? Okay, so probably a controversial and slightly unpopular opinion warning. <laughs> so like, to me, customer experience is only ever an outcome, right? So I think for customers, the way customer experience is going is potentially awesome, you know? from a digital technology enabled world where you can do whatever you want really easily and potentially even involving robots. But I won't go down that road. But what I'm worried about is where the CX discipline is going because it doesn't seem to be in line with where the customer experience needs to be going. And I say that because um, I think, as I said, that evolution of touch points and the complexity for customers unfortunately means that the discipline isn't able to keep up so what we've seen emerge are technology companies that offer these solutions in inverted commas to all of our problems that don't actually drive the right kind of action but they're they're filling a gap basically because we've got a lack of expertise in being able to join up things like digital data technology people process across the board so I guess where I'm worried is the CX kind of culture at the moment is still very much fe- f- um, focusing on the measurable, tangible parts of the experience. And that's, that to me is trying to treat the outcome, which isn't the right place. We really need to be evolving our discipline to be much more design driven, you know, bringing in UX thinking and service design to be able to answer those challenges because... I'm worried if we can't (laughs) evolve at the same rate as the experience, we're going to continue to get really bad press about CX as a a thing. Like I saw something this morning, someone sent me a a picture that the Marketoonist, which is the marketing week's a big magazine in the UK, basically slagging off the customer experience profession (laughs) as a load of charlatans. I saw that same one. You saw saw it too? Yeah. And it really, you know, it it, it upset me to think that that's how we're, we're going to be perceived. But we also have a responsibility to, do something differently to get action and prove that actually it is everything that the hype has been promised. It can live up to that, but we need to make some serious 
serious changes i think in education training community well do we, so a question for you claire so <laughs> is all the problem a education training problem an outlook problem or is part of it an expectations problem have we and when I say we, I mean not the three of us, but consumers <laughs> <laughs> in general. Have we been promising more than we can deliver as a profession? I, I don't think people like us have. I think technology companies and vendors have. So, mm-hmm. you know, the big marketing promises of if you buy this program, if you buy this measurement tool, if you buy this uh, solution, which is very expensive, the world will change. <laughs> and, and it you will happen. get unicorns and rainbows. You will, Claire. Ah, it's unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, anyone listening, please beware. Anyone that promises to solve all of your problems um, with <laughs> technology is probably not going to get it right. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so like kind of examining well, where did the hype come from? But I do think we have to, we I say we collectively as a community do need to be careful about the evangelism around some of the older techniques because I think what we're seeing is we need to evolve to meet that expectation now with a whole new set as I say set of skills that aren't commonly as yet practiced (laughs) well I think I think that's interesting because I think we've talked on this show about kind of that that friction between as business people we need metrics we need ways to objectively Mm -hmm. quantify things but at the same time customer experience is very human centered and humans are nuanced and complex Mm -hmm. and just um they you know we don't make any sense (laughs) that's the bottom line so how can you measure people who don't make any sense Mm -hmm. um but I think one of the things that I'm seeing as a challenge and I'm curious what you think about this is that uh it's really it's really hard to identify who should be leading that idea of here's the mindset, here's the vision for the customer experience, here's what we're going to do about it, here is how we're going to collect that information in mm-hmm. a way that makes sense. And I will give some credit out there because I think that some of the technology companies who absolutely were you know, pushing that the metrics are where it's at, they are now adding to their skill sets because mm. they're realizing that they need people who can assist their clients, who can help them through that kind of jungle of data and make sure that they actually get the concepts behind that and apply it for um, action and not just tracking, right? Yeah. <laughs> because and, and you, it and, doesn't you do the, us any good. Yeah, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head with the keyword being action, being able to take action, the capability to do something with all of that data. And they haven't mm-hmm. as yet been selling that part of the solution. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah. So, but I think the cross-functional leadership is another piece of that puzzle personally, because how can we, how can we really design and impact a customer experience if we don't include the leaders who are designing pieces of the journey, mm-hmm. who are designing and delivering on the experience throughout the customer's life cycle. So I think that we have to kind of we being both CX leaders as well as just business leaders in general, there has to be, I mean, we have to work with CIOs. We have to work with um, the people who are, uh, you know, the logistics people, the procurement people, mm-hmm. all these all these different groups that I think we used to think of as behind the scenes. I think mm-hmm. it's really important for cross-leadership, especially at large organizations. So I'm just curious what you think about that or if you're seeing similar things. Yeah, so I guess spending... 15 years pretty much in these big FTSE 100 huge corporate organizations I mm-hmm. totally get you I've lived it I've breathed it 
Um, there's a few points here. I'm going to try my best to make them coherently. So, <laughs> um, so I think the first word that I think needs to be the focus is about creating value. So whereas quite often experience is focused on the outcome and the output, how do we really focus on delivering customer and commercial value through the actions and the activities that we take? Mm-hmm. Um, next word that I wrote down while you were talking was integration. So yes, you know these experiences are becoming very siloed because typically the way functions are structured are also siloed. So you have a digital team sitting completely separately from marketing, completely separately from people. And for me, the opportunity is how you get people to collaborate on that vision in the first place. And I don't I don't subscribe to CX as a function, so to speak, where it either has to sit above everything or is a team that is another silo with it that, that is part of that problem. So, you know, everybody has to take responsibility and accountability for the experience. There are ways of facilitating the creation of that vision. But from, you know, the moment it's conceived, the more people that have had a part in dreaming that up, <laughs> the more likely it is to become a reality. Um, and of course, at board level, there has to be the leadership there to not let it fall by the wayside or become another project. If if you really want to change the culture of the organization to drive value for customers, you've got to have people sat at that table ensuring that that is the priority um but the more i suppose work that we can do or people that are working in the cx space can do to show how that delivers against strategic objectives how that delivers against commercial objectives and will deliver greater benefits you know you have to have that too so um we we know there's no simple answer to this there isn't you know a catch-all it'd be amazing if we all had a completely you know customer experience ceo or something (laughs) but the reality is it's not that so we have to find ways of creating collaboration and people coming together to create the vision follow through the implementation and change that culture from within because what i've experienced and i wrote about this in my book was if, there were, if you imagine there's kind of three layers to transformation, the outcome is the outside. And as long as we keep trying to focus on changing that, nothing is going to change. And the very core of the organization is the culture. Trying to change that is almost impossible. But what you can do better is the systems and processes in the middle. And if you make those actions and activities and more people focused in how they're going to be delivered, <laughs> you've got the knock-on impact on the outcome being better for customers and, and the business and the, the impact on the culture as well. Because if you're actually doing more people-focused stuff, you become a more people-focused company. So I think that's... Yeah, the- it's, a re- it's a reinforcing loop, right? I mean, the, right. The, one, the one reinforces the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's kind of like where the effort goes because I've seen cultural change programs that, you know, last five minutes and then disappear off into the ether. And I've seen yeah. measurements and metrics programs that drive all the wrong behaviors. So for me, it's, you know, how do you facilitate, I keep saying that word facilitate, you know, CX design to define what the proposition should be. So from the outset, the experience is part of that proposition. It isn't something that's an afterthought. Um, how do you design that service or that, ex- that experience um, or that future state to have people pro- people focus processes, even for employees to deliver. So, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that, you're right. And you know, to your point, it, it, it's it's a cultural change. It's a design change. They work together, mm. and leadership. You have to have buy-in throughout the organization, and 
part of that buy-in is leadership. And we're, we're a little tight on time here and I want to get something very important. I think it's important that I ask it and not Jeannie because you uh, have a very big focus uh, and particularly we're talking about that leadership piece, but uh, about uh, on women in CX, women in customer experience. Mm-hmm. And tell us about the, your vision behind that, what you're doing with women in CX. And um, as the dude here, I'll just shut up. <laughs> No, but you're such an ally, Adam. You're always so supportive of women in CX. So I'm, I'm oh, thank you. Yeah, you're part of the part of the club too. It's not an exclusive one. Um, <laughs> so, so I guess the where it started was when I left corporate. I reached out to a lot of women, and nobody would give me the time of day in LinkedIn. So I ended up in Instagram, where I think we met actually, Adam. <laughs> yes. And um, and and I found all of these amazing women who wanted to support and inspire each other through that platform of social media and through, for example, lockdown, was having these amazing Zoom calls and conversations where I felt what I can only describe as CX sisterhood. So it came about basically because my business took a massive nosedive <laughs> where there were no in real life events for me to speak at and my um, you know, my workshops are very in real life focused and my client work dried up. And I always wanted to make a podcast for women in CX. And because I had the time, I was able to make it happen but then working with all these women who I was talking to in these conversations about the podcast was like we're all experiencing really similar issues that actually our gender does hold us back when it particularly it comes to our confidence and the things that we need to get through are things like the female competitive nature in leadership and you know how we the only way we can do that is to collaborate together so basically it's growing from a podcast to a community that we're going to have a proper membership for and I can't believe like I, I'm, I'm so excited about it but there are women in different countries that aren't English speaking that are like right how do I help here and create our Spanish speaking part of this our Portuguese speaking part of this mm-hmm. even our Turkish speaking part of this um, because everybody is motivated by the same goal of inspiring and supporting one another to grow in not only in our customer experience skill set and leadership but also as women together and all I can describe it is is that this huge wave of momentum that's building and you know I'm just like one part of it now (laughs) with the podcast and it's so powerful I'm so excited and yeah watch this space ladies (laughs) and gents (laughs) (laughs) it's very exciting and I think that um one of the things that I always love is when we shift the narrative, mm-hmm. the popular narrative about women holding each other back mm-hmm. and about women not supporting one another. Because I feel like, especially in the CX community, but elsewhere too, I know a lot of women who are really supportive. And I think that, you know, several have helped me in my career. I I hope that others would say that I've done that for them. And mm-hmm. I think that the shift of narrative about that is really important. So I appreciate what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. I guess, I guess yeah. when I'm talking to women in the podcast episodes, they're, they're, they're saying there's this, like, you know, they're, they're amazing female role models and leaders, but they have been the counters to that and not just women, but men mm-hmm. or their gender generally. And a lot of the industries we work in in CX, the technology focus, which are very male dominated and we aren't allowed to, you know, be our full selves a lot of the time. So, so I think it's not just the, the narrative around, 
women supporting women because we're living this now we're showing you know demonstrating it in through this community that it's, it is totally true and you are right and we and the narrative is different <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it is. But, it is. but it's but it's a broader challenge um that excellent yeah, I guess we, well it's we, great that you're doing that thank you for being on the show with us can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you find you connect all of those great things yeah, just head over to my LinkedIn, I guess. Yeah, so just Claire Musket, and you'll find all of my links to things like YouTube, the podcast, and all my websites there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Claire. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Well, now I want a better accent. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're, you know, technically, you're from, I'm the Southern boy. You're from the Midwest, which is like the accent, you know, the broadcast accent here yeah, in America. It's so, so plain. It's that's why that's why the broadcasters have it because it's so plain. Because so, it's vanilla. <laughs> it is. I'm vanilla. Very plain. There is is Neapolitan. Neapolitan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know what I am. I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> we won't say what I am. That, that can go a lot of different ways. I know. <laughs> no, it's always, it's always fun to hear how various people kind of end up in customer experience. And I think what Claire is doing with women in CX and really, again, what I said, like changing the narrative there, I think that's a very important piece to... Um, support because it's really about this idea of, hey, you know, we're all in this together, right? We we are all trying to create better outcomes for businesses and customers. We care about customers, which means we care about people. And why not support each other? So here, here on that. Here, here. And I, you know, it's it's always been a supportive community. And obviously, I don't have the lens that you and Claire have. So it, it's good to uh, uh, see someone stepping up and helping in areas where it might not have been as supportive as it uh, could be. So that's awesome. And I love seeing it uh, and helping in whatever small way I can as well. So it's a uh, fantastic. Well, continue to be an doing... ally, right? That's what, that's what we identified you today. So oh, well, thank you to be an ally. Oh, thank you. And yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. So, well, you know what? We're an ally of, we're an ally of the C-Suite Radio Network. Wow. We sure are. Excellent segue, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm here all week. So thank you to our listeners for being here at Crack the Customer Code. And as you know, we are a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So when you get a chance, be sure to check out all of the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our content and all sorts of resources at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Bork. You can learn more about our customer service and customer experience workshops and training, both virtual and in-person, as well as keynote speaking and strategic advisory at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.